We are in week number three of our series called Miracles. We as a church and as believers are believing for the miraculous in 2021. We're believing for the impossible to be made possible by God. Can I get an amen today? I was sharing with you, it's so frustrating for me to kind of watch how the church has gotten to this position where when faith is required, all of a sudden we're like, oh, I'm out. When we find ourselves at the point where it takes a miracle, we're like, oh, I don't know if this is for me. Wait a minute. We're Christians. We're Christians. We're people who serve a God who walks in the miraculous. Are you with me? Uh, I was saying it like uh, we have this quote in our house that comes from this pastor named Bill Johnson. And it says, we hung it up in our kitchen. It says, God's expectation of you is to do the impossible. You say, well, how can you say that? Well, you got to think about this. Jesus, before he's ascending to heaven, he's on this mountain. He's standing on this, this mountain, this hill, however you want to say it. He's on this thing, and he's, he's telling his people, he's saying, listen, I'm ascending to heaven. And he actually says, I'm going to come back. There's a day that I'm going to come back to this very place. But before, these are literally his last words. And this is such a significant moment where he is and what he's saying and the fact that he's coming back there to receive and, 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 and receive his bride and come back for that which he loves. He's standing in that place and he says, listen, before I go, you need to know something. All of the things that I've done, you're going to do, but even greater. Which is heal the sick, raise the dead, heal the blind eye, open the deaf ear. Can I get an amen today? And so Jesus' expectation of us is to walk in the miraculous and the impossible. So why would we shortchange him? Why would we say, well, I don't know. We better play it safe. We better da-da-da. I thought about this, you know, like an artist has like a signature, sort of like their style, right? Picasso has like a, a style sort of woven into the design of, of some of the artwork. And you can maybe say Stan Lee, like with, with Marvel, has sort of this, this, this signature, this theme, this thread that would go with the Marvel comics. And I thought about Jesus' ministry. If you could say there was this signature that was on Jesus' ministry, if you could say that there was this, this theme, this DNA, this signature that was about his ministry, you could narrow it down and you could say Jesus' signature of his ministry was one of power. Amen. It was power, the thing that we knew about him. So why is it that it seems like it's hard to find power in churches these days? Why does it seem to say that we spend more time actually talking about, well, be careful, be concerned, don't get people's hopes up. God is, you know, are you with me today? Yeah. When the signature of the man who we follow, the one who saved us, his signature is one of power. Yeah. And the scripture says he's standing on this place and he's saying, I'm going to come back to this place for a bride. And I bet you when he comes back, he wants to come back for a bride who's been walking in that power. Can I get an amen today? So I don't have a problem saying that we are believing for the impossible. We're believing for the miraculous because it's what Jesus modeled for us. It's the way that he showed us. It's, it's what people say, well, you know, you start talking about the miraculous and the impossible and you're going to get people's hopes up. Yeah. It's the point. Faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's hope. It's this hope that stirs our faith to believe for the impossible. So we say, well, we don't want to get people's hopes up. We don't want to get this. No, it's directly connected. And the scripture says that it's impossible to please God without faith. Yeah. And faith is connected to us having hope. Yeah. So that's why Jonathan gets up here and sings things like you have hope and he doesn't leave us. And he, why? Because it's building hope and it's building our faith. Why? Because that's when we can see the miraculous. Amen. So I don't have a problem getting up and saying we're believing for the impossible. We're believing for the miraculous. We're believing for addiction to already be, it's already defeated, but we're believing for it to be under our feet. Yeah. Everything we worshiped, everything. Why? Because God is a powerful God. His signature is power. 
And so in this series, we're, we're going after some of these big themes of like the miraculous. And so we, we talked about fasting and we, we're talking about praying. Uh, next week, I'm talking about taking back what the enemy stole from us. Amen. You know, it's like the scripture is so clear that, you know, we say grace, grace, grace to everything. When the enemy comes in and steals, God's not like, well, say grace, grace. No, God says you go take back what the enemy stole. And not only do you get to take it back, but there's a repayment owed from your enemy. And so we'll get to that next week. But then the last week, we are believing for signs and wonders and miracles to take place. We're having a, a miracle service, and, and I got this really cool sport coat that I'm going to, like, wave over people, and we're all going to fall down, and it's going to be awesome. I'm just hanging in my room. I'm going to – no, it's none of that. It's none of that. What we are going to believe is that the signature of God is power and that signs and wonders follow those who believe is what the Scripture says. And so we're going to come in and we're going to invite friends and people who we know are sick and who, who need restoration and all the things. And we're going to invite them here to this last week and we're going to worship and we're going to pray. And we're going to, like we talked about last week, we're going to use our authority and we're going to speak in Jesus name that like scripture says, Amen. God wants to heal the book of Isaiah. Yeah. Jesus came, died on the cross by his stripes. We can be healed. Amen. People, oh, I don't know. You're going to get people's hopes up. Yeah, I know. So those are the weeks, but this week I'm talking about how to follow God or how to follow God's voice or how to follow God's ways. And I'm excited about all those other things. I, I get really excited thinking about people being healed because I've seen it and I've seen it before and I've seen how it transforms people's lives. And I get excited about talking about taking back what the enemy stole. Uh, but this week is a really important week because I feel like this week kind of like is everything. It's everything. And so uh, this following God, this learning to hear the voice of God, learning to follow God's leading is so critical. And here's why. We see in Genesis, which means the beginning, God says uh, with his words, let there be and there was. God spoke with his voice and there became existence. Yeah. So I'm here to say today that God's voice is creative. It brings yeah. things which are not in being into being. So when God speaks, it opens up things in our life. It's creative. Am I making sense? Yeah. And so if we could ever understand that it's God's voice that opens doors for us, it's when we hear God's voice, things get created for us. Like our purposes and our things we walk in are found by our ability to be able to hear God's voice and follow it. Yeah. I'm telling you, so many things in my life I stand in and I walk in today because I heard God's direction and I followed him into that. And because he spoke it, it came to be. If God says it, it will happen. Can I get an amen today? If God speaks it, it will be. There's, there's no discussing it. And so if we can understand, and I'm telling you young people that are in here today, if you can understand the most important and significant thing you can do is learn to be a person who hears God's voice. Who hears, well, you say, Pastor, have you ever heard God's audible voice? None of the, however God speaks to you. Don't get caught up on hearing an audible voice or hearing. However God chooses to speak to you through worship or the word or through art or journaling or nature. There's all of these ways that God is always speaking. But we have to be a people who are dialing into what God is saying to us. So this one is really important. I love all the other weeks, but this week, if we can get this, we get so much. God's voice is creative and it creates in our life. I want you to understand, well, how would the following God's voice fall into the miracle series? Because think about this. God spoke. There was a big bang, just so you know. God spoke and it was, right? God spoke and it was. But then here's the miracle. The same God who spoke and created the heavens and earth then says, I want to be the God who speaks to you. What a miracle that the creator of heavens and earth's desire is to speak to me and you. 
not just to put together the earth and hang the stars and do all the things and then sit back. No, he's one who wants to then speak to you and lead you and guide you in all things. It's a miracle. We see it. He spoke it. He created it. But then the scripture says in Genesis, which again is the model of how God wants to set up things. The scripture says that the voice of God was with Adam and Eve. He walked with them in the cool of day. The voice was with them. And so what is our first thing we need to understand? That God's design from the beginning was to be a God who speaks to us. I wish we could just understand God is not done speaking. God has not said all that he wants to say. God, now his word is perfect and don't, don't get me all twisted, but God wants to be a God in communication with his people. Amen. We say it all the time. The largest gap in the world is between what we know to do and what we actually do. Yeah. I know I need to eat better and exercise and talk right and forgive people. I know all these things, but actually doing it is a whole nother thing, right? It's the largest gap in the world. we got to close that gap between what we know to do and what we actually do. But the Lord told me to tell it to you like this today. One of the largest gaps in the world is between what we know is true and what we actually pursue. I know every person in this room believes that God is a speaking God and wants to speak to you. You've heard the stories on the news of, of somebody saying, oh, I heard a voice or someone said this or led me to this. I believe that we all believe that God wants to speak to us. But knowing what is true and actually putting ourselves in a position to pursue that is a huge gap. And I hope that coming out of this sermon and out of this series and out of today that we realize that God truly wants to speak to us on an everyday basis. Not just on Sunday morning, not just in worship, not just when you, but all the time God wants to speak to us. I shared last week uh, when we were talking about prayer, they say the average Christian uh, in America only spends about 10 minutes or less in prayer, uh, communicating with God, 10 minutes or less. And so that means uh, they, you statistically spend more time preparing your food in a day, or you statistically spend more time getting ready, brushing your teeth, doing your hair. So literally the creator of heaven and earth has a desire to communicate with us. And we spend more time making meals than we do talking to the creator of heaven and earth. And I said, the problem with that is a lot of problems, but one of them is this, I would actually believe, and I don't really have any research to back this up as far as Harvard said this, I didn't even look it up this way, but I know this, that our ability and our, we're wired for communication, basically in every single area. Honestly, think about this. TV is communication. Music is communication. Art is really a form of communication. Journaling, whatever the things are that you're involved in, it's to some degree, it's scratching this itch of communication. And God created you that way with like one of the highest wires that you're wired with is to be a being who's in communication. All the way down to the point that, think about this, your, your pets we can communicate with our animals. God knew so much that we would have a desire to communicate that even our, our animals, some of them are like, my dog don't listen to nothing. Well, you didn't communicate well in the beginning training them, you know, but even your animals. Now think about this. If you went around your life, giving the rest of the areas of your life, what you give God, you'd be very unsuccessful. If in your marriage, you said, ah, 10 minutes, that's it. That's all we're going to do in communication is 10 minutes. Some of you are like, that sounds glorious. <laughs> There's a prayer room at the end of service. We can get that fixed. Parent, parenting, you're saying the same thing. If you said to your kids, 10 minutes, all I'm going to parent a day is 10 minutes. You'd have a very unsuccessful upbringing of your kids. Think about it on your job. If you walked into your business place and you said, you know what, that's it, 10 minutes. It's all you're going to get out of me. You would have a high level of unsuccess because there's no communication and you are wired. The world goes round on communication. What a miss it is when, when the creator of heaven and earth wants to speak to us and lead us and prompt us, and we cut it off at some sort of limit. Oh, that's all I got for you today, God. 
We will live unsuccessful. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 5, I do nothing unless my Father reveals it. I'm not going to make moves until God has communicated, until he's spoken to me. And again, don't get hung up on it's got to be an audible voice or it's got God leads and prompts and speaks in all different sorts of ways. But he is a God who desires to speak and lead us. And that's why Jesus says, I do nothing unless it's been shown to me. You know, one of the first strategies in war is they try to take out communication. So you go into war, you're trying to take out your enemy. One of the things they try to do is, is there any possible way that we can limit the enemy's communication? Why? Because if they can't talk, they're not going to have success. If they don't have the ability to communicate and have strategy, then there's going to be no success. As a matter of fact, they do another tactic when it comes to communication. They'll send people into the enemy's camp with false information. Can I get an amen today? And they'll get them to say, oh, this, this, and they'll give them fake news, and they'll tell them this, and it looks like this, and they'll go in, and, they'll, and it messes up the enemy. Why? Because communication is critical when it comes to warfare. And I'm here to tell you, and you already know this, we are in a war. And it's not against flesh and blood. It's against powers and principalities, and we have got to get our communication right. And so that's why it matters. They talk about it in sports. It's called home field advantage. If a team is playing at the other team's stadium, all the other fans there are loud and crazy. And so when the quarterback of the team that's at the opposing team stadium is trying to call plays and talk to his other players, it's so loud they can't communicate well. And I know none of you bet because you're good Christians, but when a team is playing on the road or at the opponent's team uh, stadium, they actually change the betting line. So if you're playing at home stadium, you get a little bit more favor in the betting. If you're on the road, you get less. Why? Because it's literally factored in the power of home field advantage. Why? Because communication is risked. And I'm here to just tell you, you have home field advantage in this world. You have the creator of heaven and earth who is speaking to you clearly and divinely. And we have got to dial into it. Can I get an amen? We've got to push back the sound of all of the other things in life and say, it is a miracle that my God, my creator of heaven and earth wants to speak to me and lead me and guide me. I thought about the other day, you know, if people say, you know, I can't hear from God or God doesn't speak to me or I haven't been able to hear from him. I thought about it in my real life. Whenever I fall out of conversation with somebody, you might say to somebody, uh, oh, have you talked to so-and-so lately? Have you talked to so-and-so lately? And then what you do is you go, oh, you know, I, I haven't really talked to them lately. You know, because I used to see them at this. I used to see them at that. Oh, you know, we used to cross paths when we did this. Or no, you know, they comment on Facebook here and there, and they say this and that. And so we kind of talk about the avenues at which we found communication. You understand what I'm talking about? And so really when you fall out of communication with somebody, it's just because you've fall, fallen out of connection with that person. Oh, yeah, you know what? I noticed I didn't, we, we're not interacting this kind of way. So when most people say, like, oh, God's not speaking to me, I would challenge you in the same way as in the natural. Have, have your paths just not crossed up enough anymore? Have you fallen out of the word? Have you fallen out of worship? Have you fallen out of quiet time with God? Are you with me? Because that's where you're going to stay in touch. Oh, yeah, yeah, we're in touch. We're on the Bible. We're on prayer and fasting. We're, on, we're in touch. Yeah. It's not so much that God stopped speaking. It's just that you haven't crossed paths with him lately. God speaks, word, worship, sermon, journaling, nature. Listen to your dreams. Some of you got these dreams and these visions, and you just get up and you say, oh, man, my wife's crazy cooking. Gave me the craziest dreams last night. <laughs> Maybe it's actually God trying to give you some pictures and some insight. Well, pastor, I don't know about that. Well, it's in the Bible. <laughs> and so I just believe God is always speaking. It's just that we're not paying enough attention. I love this thought. If you're having trouble hearing God, concentrate on knowing God. 
Because when you spend the time getting to know God and where he's at, all of a sudden his voice becomes so much louder. Oh, I'm getting to know God. I'm putting myself in position to know God and hear God and understand God. And then God speaks louder. That's why John chapter 10 verse 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice, voice speaking God. I know them and they follow me. So the scripture is saying we got to know God. We got to follow God and we can hear his voice. What a cruel scripture that would be if God didn't actually speak to us anymore. Scripture says, my sheep, listen to my voice. Why? Because God is speaking, and he's speaking in many ways. What a cruel scripture it would be if we said, nope, God has said everything. Why, why do we get so motivated when we worship? He never stop, or he never stop, because he doesn't stop. He's still speaking. He's still leading. He's still moving. He's still with us. And so that's why we get excited about that. That's why when you come in a place like this in recent weeks as we're praying and fasting and you can feel the energy and the atmosphere and the anointing in the room is really what you're feeling. It's why? Because God's desire is to pour out to his people because he's alive. He's a speaking God. He literally created language. God gave us language. Why? Because he's a God who wants to communicate. I'm grateful that we don't serve a God, that we have to go interpret the clouds and read the bark on the trees to hear what God is saying. No, God is a God who said, I love you so much. I want to speak to you. What's your next business project? What's your next move? You don't have to wonder and study. You go to God and you say, God, what's my next move? He conveys with words. He gave verbal form to his will, which is his scripture. He said, this is my will. This is my plan for you. And he gave us the holy written word. I'm so grateful for it. We see in scripture that Elijah was up on the mountain and we see that the scripture says that God spoke in a whisper. Well, a whisper is a voice. The still small voice. Why? Because God is speaking. We see that John said uh, in Revelation, John said that uh, he heard the sound of God's voice as many waters. Many waters. I want you to think about it like this. That's one of those church verses that you go, oh, okay, God's voice is like many waters. No, think about many waters. The voice coming to us is as if it was many waters. If you've ever sat out at the pier, think about this, and it's the big, the big crazy waves. If you've ever sat anywhere with water and you've heard a wave crash, maybe you've been to the ocean and you've seen some of the huge waves, and you hear the sound of rushing water, it's powerful. Just crushing wave, that sound of what? That's how God's voice wants to come to you. Amen. Just this crashing wave of God's speaking to you. Yeah. He wants to write songs to you in a crashing wave of his voice. Amen. He wants movies to be made in all of these ways that God's going to speak to you. These books that have never been written, all of these. And God's voice wants to crash into your life. Yeah. But we got to be listening. We go up to the Great Wolf Lodge. And one of my favorite things about that place is uh, they have this huge um, water barrel. And it fills, uh, many of you have seen it, it's this huge water barrel. And it fills all throughout the time you're playing. I don't know how long it takes to fill, but there's like 7 million gallons of water that it fills up with. And then a bell goes off, and then that thing tips over and absolutely destroys every little two-year-old that went to play under it. <laughs> and it's terrible. And I watch it every time because it's fantastic. Like, oh, look at that little kid. He's going under there. He's going to die. <laughs> but then, uh, but then, but I'm telling you, it doesn't matter where you are in the water park. That rushing water you hear. When that bucket tips and that water crashes out of there, you hear it everywhere. And that's how God's voice wants to be in your life. That's how God wants to speak to us and be with us is a, is a rushing water sound. All throughout scripture, we see that God is a speaking God. 
We see all throughout scripture, thus saith the Lord, thus say the Lord, all this speaking. Jesus is baptized and we see heaven. The scripture says that the heavens open and a voice comes down from heaven and says, that is my son who I am well pleased. Why? Because we serve a speaking God. We saw Malachi, the 600 years of silence of God's voice, but then John the Baptist comes and he says, I am a voice. Didn't say I'm a sign language. Didn't say that I'm, he said that I'm a voice of one in the wilderness declaring. Are you with me? It's the voice. He was a prophet. It was the voice of God. John 1, 1 says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. Word is language speaking to us. And John 1, 14 said the word became flesh. God's language, God's word, God's will, God's way became displayed to all of mankind. The gift of the Holy Spirit, speaking in other tongues. The scripture says that was a language. They, they assembled in the upper room and, and God poured out. There was wind and God poured out the Holy Spirit. And the scripture says it was what? It was a language. It was a, another tongue. Why? Because God is a audible speaking God. Matthew chapter 11, verse 15 says, If anyone, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Meaning we should spend more time listening than we should be talking. The old saying that says, that's why God gave you two ears and one mouth. Because you should spend twice as much time listening as you do speaking. Which I don't like because I'm a speaker. I would rather have more speaking time. But God is saying, take your time to listen. Be a listener. It doesn't say, he that have a mouth, let him talk. He that have ear, let him hear. Again, another cruel scripture. If God stopped speaking, if he was no longer a speaking, communicating God, then what a cruel scripture to give us this encouragement of be a person who's listening. Um, I thought about it, you know, like this. For me, uh, the story of Genesis chapter 22 is so incredible. I've shared it here before, and I'll kind of paraphrase for time's sake. But we see this amazing story from uh, Abraham in Genesis chapter 22. uh, Just this incredible picture of listening to God and being obedient listening to God and being obedient. The scripture says that Abraham is called to take his son, his miracle son. Remember, he had a problem child before, but he gets this miracle son, Isaac, who he's been believing for. And the scripture says, take him up to the mountain, this place that I'll show you. So God's actually being a little bit vague about this. He speaks to him. He gives him a direction about his son. He says, take him to this mountain that I'll show you. And here's where it gets tricky for us as people who wait upon the Lord. He only gave him a chapter. We want the whole story. When God speaks to us, we say, oh, God, uh, I'd like to do that. I want to follow you, but I need the whole story. But God is always training us to be people who listen specifically to him. You just find yourself in this moment where it's like, no, 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 God, you've only given me one chapter. I need the whole script. God's like, go to the mountain, then I'll show you. And then I'll keep speaking to you. And some of you, you just feel so stuck. On this chapter, you're like, God, what's on the, can we turn the page? God, will you let me see the end? God, I I don't, I want to just, I want to get off of this. And God is like, stay, keep listening, keep listening, go to the place that I'll show you. And I know many of you in this room, you feel stuck on this chapter. You feel stuck in this place. And I'm just here to tell you, like, turn up your hearing aid. In the place that you're in, just start dialing into God. He's going to reveal it, but just, he's doing something. He's doing, he never stops. He never stops. Some of you are like, this chapter, is this, is this how it ends? Is this how? He never stops. He never stops. He never stops. Are you with me? Yeah. 
We just worshiped it a whole bunch and you felt it. He never stops. He never stops. He's writing. He's got it for us. But we got to be listening. One thing that's real key in this Genesis 22 is he then tells them, leave your servants behind. They went with them until they got to the mountain. He gets to the bottom of the mountain, and now he's instructed that the servants have to stay behind. Why? Because the closer you get to your assignment, the smaller the crowd gets. Why? Because we have to be more able to listen. Yeah. We have to be more able to listen. Some of you are so stuck on having big crowds and being social and having all these voices and things in your life, and God is actually calling you into quieter and smaller yeah. so that you can hear him. Paul was alone when he wrote most of the New Testament in jail. We saw John was alone. Jesus was alone in the garden. He's saying to the disciples, will you stay up and pray with me? Will you please pray? And Jesus finds himself in a place where he's alone. Elijah in the cave. We see all of these stories where God speaks specifically, but it's not among the crowd. So it's okay if God leads you to a place where you got to say, I'm sorry, but you got to stay back there and you got to stay back there because I need to go about this with God. So the story, and this is kind of what I want to get to here. Scripture says that Abraham raises the knife. He's about to sacrifice his son, his dream child. You got to remember this. This is his promised child, the dream child. This is his future. This is what he was believing for. He's got this knife up ready to sacrifice. And the scripture says that God speaks up again. It says, Abraham, Abraham speaks and get his attention. Abraham was walking in obedience to God's word. But in his obedience, he still had to be a person who was listening. Some of us, you know, we got to be paying attention to the updated word. Some of you are like, well, God spoke to me in 1992 and I've been going with God updates his word. Can I get an amen? I know he's called you to it. And I know that was the word for the hour. But what's God saying to you now? What's God moving you into now? And so he speaks and, and, and Abraham freezes and kind of holds up here. But that's where we get Matthew chapter four, four. It says this man does not live on bread alone. Man lives on the preceding word from God proceeding, God speaking, God moving. We don't live on the things of this world. We live on what God is saying to us now. Amen. The speaking word of God now. What is he saying? And again, it doesn't have to be audible. How is God speaking to you? What is he showing to you? How is he prompting you? That's what we live on. And I'm so grateful for Abraham's example here that he was able to listen. He would have killed his future living on a yesterday word. Yeah, right. If we're like, no, I got a word from God in 1990. Yeah, but what does God have for you now? So he wasn't looking just for his son. He was looking for his ear and his heart. He was looking for his listening and his obedience. That's why we pray is because we're saying, God, here's my ear. Here's my heart. I'm dialed into what you're saying. Uh, what's amazing about the story is that scripture says that a ram then showed up in the thicket. Check this out. It's the first time in scripture that you hear the Lord's name, God's name, Jehovah Jireh, our provider. You could say it like this. When he listened and heard the voice of God and acted obediently, it allowed God to come be the provider in his life. Amen. It goes back to what I was saying about Genesis. When we let God speak and say, and we let him lead, it also gives God the ability to create and be in our life. Jehovah Jireh is a result of obedience and hearing God's voice. Uh, I say this, my prayer for this church is not that this church becomes a church full of people who have money, people who have influence. You know, we don't want to build a church. Well, I want to pray, and I want this church to be a church of people with big ears. <laughs> I have big ears. My son has big ears. We're, we're godly. <laughs> Here's why. Money is great. Influence is great. But none of that stuff matters if we don't hear God's voice. None of that matters if we don't follow God's direction. 
But if we can be a people who have big ears and we hear God's voice and we hear God's direction and we act obediently, then God can come in and be Jehovah Jireh, our provider anyway. So we're going to build a place and we're going to be a people who go after hearing God's voice, hearing God's ways. So I got four habits for you and they won't take very long, but four habits. And some of you have heard these before from me. But four habits that we have got to do to put ourselves in position to hear the voice and the promptings and the leadings of God. Point number one is this. Stop listening to what others speak over what God speaks. You've got to stop going to other people first when you're looking for direction. Something happens in your life and you call Sister Bucket Mouth. Well, hey, I got And all she's going to do is agree with you. Oh, I got this thing going on. Yeah, they're stupid. They're annoying. You know, and, and people get to complaining to me and I just say, we should kill them. That's what my response is. <laughs> People say, oh, what about them? They did this. I say, we should kill them. And they're like, what? Sometimes I mean it. But anyway. <laughs> but you need to stop. You need to stop making your first call something. You run on social media. What are they saying about it? Oh, what are they saying about it? What's the Q saying about it? What's the conspiracy theory saying about it? Who cares? Go to God. Are you with me? Doesn't he know the beginning and the end? Isn't he the author and the finisher? Can we just dial into the only voice that actually matters today? Go to God first. Some people go, God is speaking to me. I feel like he's prompting me. I think he's calling me into this thing. I think he, and then you go consult with your past. Oh, I want to do this. I feel like God's calling. Oh no, but my past, I can't do it because the past says I can't do it. Don't listen to your past. You need to listen to the voice of God. What's he calling you into? You know, the scripture says when we ask for forgiveness, you need to hear this on Facebook. When we ask for forgiveness, the scripture says that God throws that thing as far as the east is from the left. So when you talk about, oh, God, you know, my past, he's like, what past? I've forgiven you. What are we talking about? And so don't consult with your past when it comes to God speaking to you and leading you. Another one is this point number two. We need to make a place to hear from God and we need to set an appointment. You need to make a place to hear from God, set an appointment and keep that appointment. It's ridiculous how many appointments we keep in the real world. Oh, we would never break an appointment on the dentist. We would never break an appointment on, uh, you know, the, the oil change and the doctor. We got all these appointments that we set and keep. That would be ridiculous if we broke those appointments. We got to go see the Peasley chiropractor. We got to make sure we see the Peasleys. And we would never break an appointment with the Peasley brothers because they're crazy rednecks. Who knows what they would do to us after that? But we keep all these appointments, we set these appointments and we keep them, but we have no problem breaking appointments with God. And I'm not trying to get over religious, but I just think that, you know, when we set and we make commitments and we make time and we make spaces for God, he meets us there and he speaks to us and leads us. I thought about this. God moves in prepared atmospheres. It's all throughout scripture. We see that the Holy Spirit likes and works in order. And so when you think about it, they fed the thousands. They set them up and moved them all out into groups and set order. Why? Because God could respond and a miracle could happen. We see in the upper room, again, Pentecost, we see that he said, go to, there were specific instructions, go to the upper room and wait. Why? Because God works in order. And I just believe when we set order, when we make places and times and structures to meet with God, he meets us there. Can I get an amen? amen? Point number three is this, keep a record of what God speaks. It's important for you to keep a record of what God speaks. Uh, there's been so many times in my life that God has spoke to me or he's been giving me a sermon point or illustration or something, and I'm going about my day, and I didn't take the time to write it down. And then I forgot it. And I'm like, oh, God spoke to me, and I missed the point. And so I'm begging God, like, oh, will you remind me of that one thing? 
But God speaks, and we got to write those things down. You'd be so amazed what you'll walk in in your future. You write it down, you say, oh my gosh, I can't believe God spoke this to me. I have a tape in my desk drawer that I haven't listened to in 15 years, and I see it almost every day. It's in the same drawer with my vitamins. So I take my vitamins, I see that tape. Some of you need to take vitamins. It's my plug for vitamins. It's actually my humor, humor break. But I know on that tape is a word that was spoken over my life that I'm about to step into in this year. Amen. Amen. So God has sort of like sealed this tape for me. I'm getting ready to take this tape out. I just can't find a tape player. Anybody got a tape player? <laughs> Some of you weird tinfoil wearing people still got VHS somewhere. I know some of you are like, nothing digital. I'm probably going to come live at your house in the next couple of weeks. If ever. Anyway, just kidding, kidding. I'm not one of those. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. But uh, what was I saying? Oh, the tape. But that tape I've held on to because I knew that there's words on there that I've kept record of that they didn't apply 10 years ago or five years ago. But now is the hour. Now I'm going to listen to that tape, and I know that God is going to speak a rainbow word to me. Why? Because I've kept a record. David talks about this. First Chronicles 28:19. He says, all this, David said, I have in writing as a result of the Lord's hand on me, and he enabled me to understand all the details of the plan. Talking about building the temple. The scripture says David had the ability to build the temple. Why? Because he kept good record of what the Lord revealed to him. You don't need to come in here and just hear a sermon and go home. You need to take notes. You need to save those notes and organize those notes. And God speaks to you in worship because he should be worshiping and speaking to you. You need to take notes. You need to write these things down because there'll come a day where God enables you to understand the details of the plan. Can I get an amen? My most memorable moments in ministry, everybody think, oh, pastor, how cool is it that maybe you get to do this and do that? And I've been able to preach to huge crowds in Africa, and I've been able to be in church services where NFL players were a part of the things. And we've had all of these really cool things happen to me as a result of ministry, but none of them compare to the moments where God just speaks to me, where it be a word or a worship song or just a private moment or a journal or whatever it is, or you look out into nature. And you just say, oh, my God, God's allowed us to live in this area and see that lake. And are you with me today? Because God loves us and he speaks to us. None of the other big things compare to when God speaks. Can I get an amen? So make places and make structures and create room for God to speak because he wants to speak. I'll close with this. This is the hard one. And this is, this is where the rubber really meets the road when it comes to how we trust God. Point number four is this. We have to listen to his voice even when you don't like what he's saying. So many of you know that's so true. We have to listen to his voice even when we don't like what he's saying. When it calls you out of the comfort zone, when it calls you out of your security, when it calls you out of the way that you were brought up, when it calls you out of all of the things that you understand, we still follow God's voice. God is speaking all the time. Many of us are not listening because it doesn't sound the way we want it to. Give up that and go do this. Sow this and do that. Pray this, forgive that. God, that's not you. 
I need another word. I need another word. God speaks, oh, no, I need another word. Can I tell you, most of the breakthroughs that came in my life, most of the most moves of God are when I did what I didn't want to do. When I listened to God, when I didn't like what he was saying. God's saying, it's not over for you. It's not done. God's got more for you. He's going to move you. He's going to, oh, I don't like that. I don't want to take another step. I don't want to listen to God. A.W. Tozer says this, most Christians don't hear God's voice because we've already decided we aren't going to do what he says. We've already decided. There's no way I would ever invite my neighbor to the healing service. They'd think I'm crazy. God keeps telling you and telling you, no, you got to invite that person. You got to raise that hand in worship and just kind of get over yourself and take that step and express yourself and there's no way God's speaking and nudging you and oh no there's no way I've already made up in my mind I'm not one of those I'm never going to do that I'm never going to do this and we miss what God is trying to say pray not thank you pray not until God hears you but until we can listen to God sometimes our prayer is just this practice of we're praying and we're praying and then we put ourselves in this position I'm staying in this until I put myself in position to be able to listen to God I need another word. I need another word. Listen, listen, listen to even the hard words. There's this thing. This is my last last thought. There's this thing, uh, again, in in military or strategy. It's this thing called directional listening. Uh, Many of you, if you've ever been like out at a park or maybe you've been in the woods or something and uh, and you're hearing a dog bark or you're hearing someone call for you and you're like, oh, it's it's over here. Yeah, it's over here. And you go, well, no, it's over. It's over here. And like our, our ears aren't really like made for this directional hearing. Maybe you're in a crowd and you think it's coming from there and then you change your mind, it's over there. But some people have the ability to have this directional hearing. They only hear things from the direct source, the right exact spot. And my prayer is that that becomes how we live with God. Is when God is, we have this directional hearing that all we're tuned into and all we're lined into is the perfect voice and word and way of God. All the distraction, all the crazy, all the hype, all the... But no, 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 we got directional hearing. Are you with me? So God may speak and it may challenge you. Oh, I don't want to do this. I don't want to go through this. I don't want to be in this place. This miracle series has put me in very uncomfortable territory. You got to remember, this is Zealand. God bless you. God bless you. But I have people coming up to me and they're saying... Pastor, we have our friend whose leukemia just came back and I invited him to the healing service and I go, oh, you you did? (laughs) Because the natural side of me is like, oh no. But I know God's, why am I saying oh no? Because the enemy wants to say all the things. He did it in the garden. He doesn't change his tricks. He's so annoying. I know I'm way over time, so please tip your children's workers really well. When we pass 12 o'clock, we give them Red Bull and candy, so they're going to be fine. It's just your problem after this. But last point, for real. This has been determined. Fake, fake news. or what, You know how Facebook's censoring? You saw the meme. But anyway, all the way back to the garden. The devils. Has God really said? Has God really said? Always questioning. So when God says, do a miracle service. We're going to believe for the impossible. And you're going to see signs and wonders because you believe the signature of God is power. Yes, yes, yes. And the devil goes, did God really say? 
that you can see the miraculous in 2021? He did. He does. And we will. And I know we're crazy and I shouldn't act like this in Zealand. And really, I'm just trying to get myself arrested and thrown out of here so I can move to Florida. But, <laughs> but I'm just here to tell you, I know what the stretching feels like, friends. I know what it's like to be like, I know God's calling me into this. I know he's pressing me. But then I know what it feels like to sit in the impossible. To sit with the person who you go, I can't see a way in the natural. I can't see a way. But he made the way. And I'm just obedient to what he says. Are you with me? So even when God is speaking and you, you don't feel it as we sang and you don't see it and you don't know, it's his job, not our job. And so we believe the scripture. So when God speaks it, we do it. Can I get an amen? Directional hearing. All I'm going to go with is not the enemy saying, has God really said? No, no, God did say. And if he says it, it will be. Can I get an amen? All right, we've just started a third service, so we're going to keep going. Let me pray for you. We'll get you out of here. God, we love you so much. So grateful for your word. God, we say yes and amen to everything that you said we could have. We know you haven't stopped working and we believe that the miracles have happened and are happening. And God, we are just going to celebrate them when we see them. We thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen.